0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Startup Stories. I'm Christina Moffitt and I am joined by Diana Wright today. You have heard that right. You have both of us on the podcast today. We are going to be recapping on some things that we saw in 2021 and looking forward to 2022. So Diana, thanks for being here with me today.
1: Yeah, this will be a lot of fun. So Christina, I'm going to jump right in. Um, Looking back throughout the last 12 months, really, uh, what's the biggest thing that has stood out for you as far as a trend as it relates to entrepreneurship here in the region?
0: Yeah, so I think uh, coming off of 2020, you know, I always say entrepreneurs are scrappy. (laughs) So uh, when they don't have a paycheck coming in, they've got to figure out how to get that paycheck. So I think the biggest thing that I saw was them really, I always counsel them on branching out on the revenue streams, but we really saw entrepreneurs really being creative and branching out on revenue streams. Some of those, you know, a lot of them went to online. So it was a great opportunity when your front doors are closed. A lot of them were really trying to get online in 2020, but I feel like a lot of them really excelled in 2021 at the online game. So dipping the toe in the water 2020 and really just taking off in 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing I really think entrepreneurs uh, got really good at is how to be very efficient in shorter hours. So you have no staff to stay open. (laughs) You've got to really nail down on how you're going to make money to cover your overhead. And I I really think, uh, Diana, I think that trend is going to stick with the shorter hours. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that you counsel too. And we see people, it's, you know, a delicate balance of work life. And a lot of them found out, hey, if they can be more profitable and more efficient in those hours that they're open and be able to have a family life, I feel like that was a really big win that I, I think we'll continue to see shorter hours for people.
1: Yeah. And I, I feel like kind of going with that, like home-based um, and I know you kind of, you work with a lot of home-based businesses, but also like remote And so because of like what we all learned, we can work from home. Uh, And sometimes that's more efficient. I know with families, sometimes it's maybe not. And then there's like, you know, I've seen just working out of Gravitate um, over the summer, there was actually a pretty decent uptick, I think, after people felt comfortable um, coming out from COVID, even though yet kind of still are back in. Um, But but that's something, too, that I'm seeing more is remote businesses. Um, And maybe that's always been the case, but it seems like it's more popular with with COVID and the pandemic.
0: I really, really agree with you on that one. Um, Home-based, you know, from home-based offices, I had a small business client tell me that now 85% of her clients are outside of Iowa because everybody got used to working with people online. So I, I feel it's great. Location is no longer a barrier for people to be able to grow their businesses, but you kind of hit the nail on the head. The home-based food was huge this year. Everybody developed that hobby <laughs> during 2020 and decided to stick with it. And I know we did our home-based food workshop for the first time this year. We did the two-part session and we had 44 companies, 44 Home based food companies get on there. So I think that home based uh, business, whether it's food, whether it's uh, people moving out of the office space they were renting, or, you know, I know you and I both have seen a ton of freelancing kind of shoot out of there of people really being able to um, sell themselves back to their companies that are short staffed now, but working a flexible schedule that can be home based. I really think that trends going to stick. And I've talked to the chambers a lot about new members. Where do you find them? You're going to have to look look at homes as an option.
1: Yep. Yeah, I would agree. And um, I know even kind of going back to talking about remote, um, at least in the startup community, uh, as far as like investors and deal flow, so many pitches were done. I know in 2020, um, it actually had nationwide, um, a record year for venture capital. And those all took place a lot of times over zoom. So it's pretty crazy also what has been happening and just the access that people have to the investor community, but also investors just to people and you just pick up on a zoom call. It's at least right now. Um, I think they're still doing that and a lot of the screening, but I think now people are still um, really looking for, um, a little bit of that relationship building is pretty key when you're going to put a, put money into a company. Um, and so we're kind of seeing that come back a little bit too.
0: Do you feel too, Diana, that some of that surge, I feel like people really got behind passions of theirs more so than really, I feel like people have always been cautious, but I see more people jumping in, starting a business and or supporting businesses because it's a passion. Do you think that some of that funding was accelerated because people are willing to get behind passion projects?
1: I, I definitely think like investors typically will invest in what they know. Um, and so sometimes that is out of passion, I think. Um, and then also just seeing that people are trying to find um, problems that are purposeful in solving. Um, that's something that I think in general, a lot of these entrepreneurs who are betting on themselves, like they kind of rewound and we're like, okay, you know, realizing what time is and that, you know, you need to make it meaningful in the kind of short amount of time. Sometimes people, people have in their day to day, what, what was purposeful to them, um, and how they actually looked at even work-life balance. What would you say you kind of saw on that front of just even, I know we've talked about it, but the, the startup and the small business, um, mental health space like where where are you seeing that as you're talking with clients and and different entrepreneurs
0: yeah mental health was a a big thing um I feel a lot of times that I was the first call for things you know they don't really want to talk to their spouse or partner or support system they they really can't talk to their employees about what they're facing um I really feel like it's still something that we we need to focus on. Uh, people are still struggling. You know, the funding is now stopping. There's not PPP. The idle loans are pretty much given out. There's not really other funding coming. And when that funding stops, it's when the hard work begins. It's when that stream really comes to the business business owners and a lot of uh, people really struggling, you know, taking care of youngers, taking care of olders, trying to get them um, to appointments and stuff like that. But also a lot of them are not back to their pre-COVID numbers. They don't have the staff to get back there. And so that weighs on their mental health, a lot of trying to maintain that overhead and, you know, heat and cool bills and telephone bills and, you know, paying the rent. None of that has gone down and solving the same price. So I think that's something that we need to continue to talk about. Uh, I've seen from a lot of small business owners that now that the discussion started, they feel way more comfortable that everyone's going through it together. It's not the stigma. It's really the trauma's not over, right? It's knowing, do we do masks? Do we not do masks? So what do you do with your employees and what do you do with your family as far as vaccines? All of that is constantly weighing on them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a trend Well we'll continue to see as people hopefully continue to monitor and continue to talk about their mental health.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you kind of hit on how there's certain um, entrepreneurs and businesses that are still not at what their numbers were pre-COVID as far as revenue and profit. Um, Can you kind of get into that specifically? Like what industries are actually doing well? Because there are certain companies and businesses doing well, but Um, talk about who is experiencing challenges and who are actually kind of thriving because of um, the new opportunities. Well, as
0: it relates to Iowa, construction is through the roof. So it doesn't matter um, really what type of construction, all of it is busy. And 2020, not only were we hit with uh, COVID, but we were also hit with the duration around here. So a lot of those claims are still going through. I haven't seen any construction company for work at all. <laughs> that one continues to be okay. But again, they struggle with um, em- employees. They need the staff to continue to grow. And sometimes they're hit at a cap. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have the staff to build whatever you need to build, it makes it very difficult. Uh, other areas as any type of consulting tenus- continues to thrive. So employers can't seem to find the employees and they're turning to freelancers to be able to do that. And freelancers are very smart to take advantage of that, especially if they can rely on insurance and have the, the money to cover that. It's a great opportunity right now. I mean, you see a job posting, you probably can go to that company and offer to freelance right now because they're struggling to get people hired. And we hear people who are applying are not qualified. So I think that area is going to continue to really thrive the ones I think that are still struggling are the ones that have the front doors. So, you know, retail, um, really is struggling. A lot of them, um, if they're doing online, they're probably doing okay because they can send a lot of that product out the back door and ship it. But we've all seen shipping costs went up (laughs) and it takes longer to get things there. So need to go back and reevaluate all those costs. And then of course, uh, the food industry continues to just struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the costs fluctuate all the time. It's a commodity. So you're, you think you got costs down in the next week, they can jump. I think they said like 14% on meat over Thanksgiving time. Uh, raise, don't quote me on that. But all of that makes it really hard to run a food business. And same thing, you're struggling with employees and you know, you've got this a lot of them have large overhead spaces that just are not full. And you have to play that carry out game too of how do you deliver your product and have it taste great when it gets home. So it's not that it's um, doom and gloom. It's just always new challenges, I think, in front of them. And the ones that can pivot and hit those challenges and keep going, I think they'll do great. The other ones that aren't willing to pivot, aren't willing to change, um, are going to struggle.
1: Yeah. And I would probably add, too, I've seen on some of the retail front that um, the ones that are doing well, um, they have a really loyal following. And I would assume like actually with a lot of the existing businesses that had taken the time and have a great customer list and even like have a pretty robust marketing um, strategy, like I would assume like I know when you know the pandemic hit early on, I went to all of my favorite small businesses because I just have that relationship and it's very local for me. Um and and I have seen some businesses like where they're actually doing okay because of their customers and their following. I don't know how you feel too as an owner. Um what did, what did you kind of experience?
0: Yeah, I think you really have to, you know, you're they always say it's cheaper to, you know, raise what your clients are buying by 10% than it is to go chase new customers. And again, there's so much noise out there, right? Because we're all trying to listen to the news and all the things happening. And then you're talking to your clients. So why not go talk to the the clients that want to listen? Yeah. So email email marketing, I was talking to a marketer and she said, by far, it works the best because if it was an email coming from you and they're a loyal customer, they're going to open it versus posting online and it's lost in the shuffle, right? So I think that um, you're right. I think you're 100% right in that people who have very loyal customers will continue to survive. And as long as they're talking to their customers and honesty goes a long way. When I saw people be very honest and they put their faces on their business or their employees faces and said, Hey, this is who you're supporting. And this is what's really happening. I feel like people just came out of the woodwork to support people.
1: Mm -hmm. I think you're right. So let's see, what else do we want to talk about? I guess I would like to ask you like what current and future projects excite you?
0: For me, I think it's, um, we've got a lot going on in supplier diversity. That was really an area that we uh, came out With this year. So, our corporate classes for uh, corporate buyers that were looking to hire um, small businesses, minority small businesses, really, I think we had 36 buyers at the first class. So, it shows how much our companies really want to support and buy local, especially when the supply chain is disrupted. Why not? buy it from your backyard but then the small businesses on the other side really wanting to learn how to sell to the bigger companies and just knowing how to intentionally make those connections has been awesome so i look forward to continuing that conversation keeping the money here and local and being able to grow our our small businesses and help our big businesses too um make some new connections so I think that for 2022 that's definitely one of the things I'm most excited about and following those home-based food businesses that I mentioned I mean 44 businesses that's some of those are going to come out and do awesome things and are really taking it serious to get to the next steps it'll be really fun to watch them grow and thrive
1: mm-hmm. how about you what
0: What are you excited about moving forward to 2022
1: Um, Something we will be launching just right after the new year is the Iowa Entrepreneurial um, Innovation Dashboard. And so that's actually going to be rolling out. And it's actually to create a a dashboard where the whole Iowa startup community can go and actually see what is the pulse of the startup activity in the state. Um, So it's a project we're working with Clay & Milk. And, uh, and there will actually be a founder survey um, that you'll probably hear more about. Um, so that's something that I'm excited about. Um, and there was, of course, a lot of new events last year, even in COVID. I know we were talking about that. Um, and, uh, and I'm just excited to still kind of put my head and creative space into finding out, you know, what the startup community needs um, and, and how we bring people together. Um, Something I know last year uh, in the summer is we did the summer startup tour. And that was really um, a much needed tour where we, we went to the makers, the physical product, Space the, the founders, and even our music community to showcase what was happening um, and, and bringing together the community. So that's something that um, kind of thinking more on different ways that we can cross collaborate different communities. It doesn't always have to be startups um, bringing in small business, but if there's even other kind of pockets of the community that we could work together, um, those are kind of interested um, areas that I'm kind of exploring right now.
0: I really uh, loved your startup tours because people think startups, they think technology, they kind of think the two worlds don't collide. And since you came with us in April of 2020, I think our worlds have been great. I think we've really overlapped. And just as you mentioned, you know, artists, music, that all is small business. Some of those are startup definitely that could spin off into technology out of that. And it was such an amazing event. Um, From your point of view, where do you see startups going next year?
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot kind of happened. Um, Even in our region in Iowa, um, there was a number of acquisitions and exits, which um, is something that you see um, as you have a more mature startup community. Um, And we even had a a lot of different um, companies that raise more than 10 million or raise more than 20 million in their rounds. Um, And so I'm actually thinking that, you know, I think next year will bring um, still a lot more. Rounds if it relates to investment and capital. I think we're going to see hopefully more shots on goal, which means more startups raising um, funding. And, um, but I also still see uh, this continuation of a lot of ag tech um, coming out of our state and out of our region between Ames and Des Moines. Um, And so it's cool to see just naturally a lot of the resources that are here in the community to support. Uh, the startups, whether it's in fintech or insurance. I know um, Next Level Ventures just raised a $250 million fund um, for fintech startups as it relates to the credit union space. And so uh, we saw that come this last year. We also saw um, ISA Ventures. Uh, they created a statewide or a state fund for Iowa startups. And so um, I think we're just beginning to see um From a lot of the different um, new funds or addition of funding coming, um, that there'll be even more startups uh, and pockets that we can really um, bring kind of forward for the state and say, this is what we do well at. And here's, you know, a lot of the businesses that show for that. So I'm excited to see um, that next year. Uh, And then I really hope this is something more on my wish list, but I would still like to see more women in startups. Um, I think there's a lot of us women who are mentors like at the partnership here. We are actually really lucky to have you, myself, Meg uh, and a number of others that lead and help small businesses and the entrepreneur network. And so um, I would just still like to see more women. Um, starting businesses as it relates to even scale up and technology businesses here in iowa so what would you like to see next year christina
0: yeah i would i would echo um the women thing has just been phenomenal um, i ran my numbers for my end of the year reports. And honestly, I averaged 70, 72% of clients I saw in 2021 were women on average, Mm -hmm. uh, which is amazing. So that tells me, I mean, some data facts that we saw um, was as high as 30% of women exited the workforce. So I think this is a prime, prime time for them to continue to look at startups, to look at small business. Um, Again, those shortened hours, being able to sell online, freelancing, home-based businesses, it's just prime for them to be able to take off and, and do a lot of things. Um, the hybrid format, I mean, any of that has just worked well. What did, you, what did you see with that working well for women last year, the hybrid format? Did you see anything out of that?
1: Well, I know, um, particularly out of some of the accelerators that went hybrid, um, it actually allowed better access for women to participate in programs like that, that traditionally they couldn't, you know, take six months of their life away from their family to go live somewhere in an accelerator program. So um, that's something that I know happened here locally um, with one of the tech startups, um, accelerators. Um, And I would also say that I think you're right. So women are starting businesses. And um, I think right now it seems like they're gravitating to their passion, which is awesome. Um, and, And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, Whether they started those as side hustles, Um, I don't know how many of your clients were more on like the side hustle or like going full time into it. Um, But I do think that uh, I've heard the term, the great renewal. So we know about this whole great resignation that has happened. And you even just said it, you know, 30% of women leaving the workforce. And and I think what's a, a kind of more positive term towards that is also it's a renewal where, Women have been able to really decide what we want and um, and how do we view our time um, and and creating the purpose behind those businesses. So um, yeah, I think it's really exciting to to see that. Hopefully, um, but but it's also to be um, aware that I hope women, you know, with thirty uh, percent leaving the workforce, uh, you know, what is that actually? Mean um, if they do not start businesses. So I don't know if you have any thoughts there.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of people have reevaluated. Re- so will they go back? Will they dabble in something they like? Will they uh, choose to, you know, stay home? I think a lot of people realize maybe financially they weren't coming out very far ahead. <laughs> you know, with the kids in daycare. And I know there's been other topics. We just had our legislative breakfast here about affordable housing and things like that. And I think if a lot of these things shake out, it will create an environment. We just have to be able to support people. Um, It's not always uh, go get a good job. It potentially could be go create a really good life, you know, for people. So I'm excited to see that. As we're wrapping up here, Diana, words of wisdom. I really want to hear what trends you think are going to come in the tech world. I feel like every day I read there's, you know, the medical, the ag tech, you kind of hit on um, all kinds of stuff. What sector do you think is really going to shoot out uh, with some new technologies potentially next year?
1: Um, I think it's still going to definitely be um, a little bit in the ag tech space, but I would also say like physical products. Um, it's something that sometimes has a little longer road, um, at getting at, but, um, it's something that, um, people, yes, there is still technology that can be part of it, but I think, um, even just kind of more of the analog and those experiences and products that we crave. So I think that might be, um, an interesting, um, area, um, And you kind of mentioned it uh, as we've been talking, but company of one. So really, whether it is the freelancing model or, um, you know, it could be even a service-based business, um, I think we're still going to see a lot of that happen just because of that need, the talent shortage. Um, And and tech can still be part of that. You can have a company of one and have a tech company. So uh, it's pretty interesting um, to kind of see what's happening there. Um, But yeah, I would say those are a couple of things. Um, so I'll throw the question back at you. What, what trends do you think are going to happen next year in about less? Than so a couple, yeah, a couple things we didn't kind of hit on
0: that I think we saw is, um, influencers. So a lot of us small businesses were able to rep products and talk about products and got paid for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everybody's kid right now thinks they're going to be YouTubers. So obviously that is a career that people don't talk about and that that's entrepreneurship, you know, I mean, it really is. So down to, whether you're on TikTok or YouTube or using Facebook Live, um, influencers are uh, potentially entrepreneurs. So different revenue streams sometimes comes back to product base. Sometimes, you know, can go into other things. And the other thing I really think this is going to be a trend is these ghost kitchens. So everybody like their food delivered to their door, and you really don't need a full front door for a restaurant you just need to be able to produce the food and those are really continuing to pop up all over the U.S. something here that I followed very closely Uh, I think that we need more of them here uh the ones that we do have right now are kind of overloaded (laughs) so we need to create more space for those people but I think those are two two trends that we're going to see that we didn't really touch on moving forward but awesome well I look forward to 2022 with you, Diana. This was so fun just to actually catch up and uh, sit down with you and talk about everything. And we will look forward to hearing more from all our small businesses uh, next year on our Small Business and Startup Story podcast. So thanks for being with us, everybody. We look forward to celebrating 2022 with you. Thanks for listening to Small Business and Startup Stories DSM podcast. Inspired by these stories? We offer a hub full of resources needed for any small business owner to grow and succeed in Greater Des Moines, Iowa at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. Thanks for listening.